It's a really good point about Mbappe. I mean, even at PSG, he's got a couple of decent uh, attacking teammates in Neymar and Lionel Messi there. So, uh, in some ways, with Benzema and, uh, you know, even and Kante and I guess particularly Pogba out, to your point, he is the main man and you could see he was the, the talisman today. Take him out of that team, I think it's a completely different uh, different scenario. podcast on Australian football slash soccer at its finest. I'm your host, Jashan, an extremely tired host at that after staying up to watch every single World Cup game last night. Typically, the second voice you would hear is that of Andy Gibson, but he's away on errands, so I'll throw straight to the main event. He's witty, he's wiry, and he's willing to drop a hot take or two. It's Nicholas Brazier. Oh, thank you, Deshaun, for that uh, lovely introduction. It's a shame that um, Andy couldn't be here tonight and uh, Damon. However, no, the World Cup's on and we've got to keep rolling with the punches. So we're being a bit more frequent and uh, that means we're not uh, substituting quality. Uh, it's true, we have been given one red card and one, there's been one red card, so one, one man down and one substitution. Will you take it away, Deshaun? Yes, I will, because it's, it's the intro, which is my job, but you seem to have just, just done it anyway, so I appreciate that. Multitasking. Uh, to decipher what Nick has just said, yes, Damo and Andy are both away on errands. They've got work slash uh, mysterious things to do. No one knows where Andy is. He's disappeared off the face Probably of the planet. But stepping in for not one, but two four-man wallers... It is Hub Media stalwart Matthew Hume. Boys, boys, Woo! name a more iconic duo than an Argentinian and being offsides at a World Cup. Okay, that, that offside was absolute bollocks. An Argentinian with a handball in the box. An Argentinian with a handball in the box. I reckon a Uruguayan and yeah, biting that, that's someone. Yeah, that's fair, that's fair. But Argentina is, uh, they're just, they're peak at um, scoring offside disallowed World Cup goals. They did it three times overnight. Three times. Uh, but I digress. Yeah. It's a one of the, one of them was pretty egregious, though. To be fair. Oh no 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 no! Well, that's and that's that's an even bigger concern. Look, pleasure to be here, boys. I uh, hope I can hold up my end of the bargain. I've got um, some big shoes to fill, but I, I think I do it well because I've got more international football knowledge than Gibbo, but nowhere near as much as Damo. Mm-hmm. But I like I feel mm-hmm. I'm so I'm a good combination of the two. I'm land nicely in the middle. <laughs> it's a meet in the middle yeah. situation. And he's yeah. only a size eight. I've seen his feet. <laughs> I didn't like that he charged me for them, but I've seen them. <laughs> Fun facts, that's what Andy's doing tonight. He's taking foot photos to sell for a side hustle. First things first, boys. Lads, uh, and Argentini- Argentin- Argentinians and having to go to the bathroom for every 15 minutes for no reason in particular. I actually don't know what that's not a reference do I. to. I'm not going to lie. Sorry. Is, that, is this what a is drug reference? reference to? Yeah, well, because... R.I.P. the great man himself. I see. It's a Diego Maradona reference. I just feel like there's a lot more places more firmly associated with drug use than our Argentina. Shout out to Lance Armstrong. First things first, <laughs> boys. Do we think do we think Damo is picking tomatoes or olives tonight? Olives. Olives. olives? Yeah, no. <laughs> the tomatoes it's not hot enough for tomatoes yet, is it? <laughs> I'm going to go for a wild card <laughs> option C. I reckon he's actually been duping you boys for years. And he's picking strawberries. Ooh. I have no, I, I have no idea whether so. it's strawberry season. Wouldn't have a clue. But uh, 
Let's figure it out. Is it strawberry season? Either Google that, either that, or if you want to just go for a nice Italian stereotype, he's probably just uh, picking Ooh. picking pasta. Mate, he's picking <laughs> pasta off the fucking plant. Yeah, off, off, <laughs> off the pasta vines. That's where it grows. No, strawberry season runs from November through to April. So oh, I you're bang on oh there, mate, he's you. picking strawberries. He's what about olive season? Olives, olives are always in season, brother. Olives are fucking timeless. Have you ever thought that like tomatoes are only in season oh. for during summer? Yet yeah, we can get tin tomatoes on the shelf in bulk. Essentially, you can buy out the whole shelf if you wanted to, and like our supply chains would still be fine. Yeah, man, it's called capitalism, and we all love it. Olive trees late August through till November, so that could that's that's in the conversation as well. But I digress. We're here to talk mostly about the World Cup here, boys. Obviously, the uh, biggest event in sport has kicked off. It is underway. There have been some results. There have been some happenings. I want to get your thoughts, first of all. Did either of you watch the opening ceremony? Negativo. Yeah, no. Have not had the time. That's a no from Matt. Also not the no. interest. Did, did, you, did you know that Morgan Freeman made an, uh, made a, made an appearance? I did. Positivo. Mm. I did no further research. Positivo. Big fan. Did you know that the lead singer of, or one of the singers from BTS made an appearance? Positivo. Negativo. Well, it was rumored to be Dua Lipa, but she boycotted Unsurprised. for obvious reasons. You know what? Shout out to Dua Lipa. Fucking she love it. Great. What a great. I saw her the other weekend. She was great. How was she live? She, 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 she puts on a good show, and she had like, she's a pop artist, so she had like four costume changes, and like, I had a good view of her uh, on the floor. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Out of context, Nicholas Coates. <laughs> Fantastic stuff from Nick. The reason why I'm delaying so long is because obviously the game we have to talk about first is the Socceroos game. We don't have to. Who are the Socceroos? Oh, we kind of do. I there was only three games on last night, wasn't there? <laughs> the, the, the Australia not playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't remember Australia playing. <laughs> it was the Argentina upset and then the two nil all draws. Yeah, and then yeah, that was it. The long ended. Yeah, I got to put five a.m. just to have a chat with you about you know life. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Oh, yeah, I'm also look. of the opinion uh, that World Cup games finish after ten minutes. So, <laughs> yeah, agreed, agreed. No, they finish well, after I'll nine ask you because obviously actually. Australia we lost four one to France, but we were one nil up. And and Nick, like, how hopeful were you when Craig Goodwin drilled that into the top top half of the net? There, were you, were, did you have like the feeling of we can do this? Yeah, there was a bit of feeling that we could do this. Uh, it was a great moment, and I think so. This is very, two two sides of the coin here, and let's just focus on the positives first. I think we should cherish any goal that Australia gets in a World Cup, especially uh, our expectations are lowered in a lot of a lot of eight nations, and we didn't qualify. He's up, mate. We're not New Zealand. We, we didn't we didn't qualify for World Cups between you know mid seventies and two thousand and six. I think we should cherish it. It came in a positive moment. It wasn't like a crummy consolation goal. Mm-hmm. I, to say I was believing, it didn't, it didn't fill me with belief. It filled me with tension instead, knowing, God, how are we going to lose this? And it was quite evident <laughs> that um, yes. there's this little known guy called Kyle Mbapp. <laughs> Kyle Mbapp. Kyle Mbapp. He plays a bit... <laughs> I, I, I've, I've seen him on the Roblox servers before. <laughs> He's got a Fortnite skin, I'm pretty sure, as well, mate. He's really he's really into that culture. <laughs> so, 
Look, let's just focus up. The question was about the goal, and it was pretty exciting. Well, that's not right. Did you see the limbs from Federation Square? Oh, Brisbane would have oh, nothing on that. <laughs> it was also cool just because it was two A-League players. I mean, obviously, Lecky has played abroad oh. for most of his career, and Goodwin had a dalliance oh. overseas as well, but technically, two A-League boys are I'm, linking I'm up I'm sorry to butt in here, enough. but... Um, I've, I've turned up on this podcast in good faith to step in in your time of need and help out. And Nicholas is out here just taking shots at my hometown willy-nilly. And I will not stand for it. They may be accurate. He yeah, he just said um, that Brisbane would have nothing to compare to Fed Square. Which is oh, completely right. accurate, but uncalled for. <laughs> uncalled well, for. All I'm saying, is mate, is... Brisbane... All I'm saying is... Melbourne doesn't have a single Women's World Cup game past the round of 16, so fucking chew on that, mate. Chew on that, he says. Bloody hell. No need well, for such the key thing to consider link. is that Brisbane's a city of bandwagon of supporters, and the Socceroos are ranked uh, too low uh, for Brisbane to support them. So We also just have a better rectangular <laughs> stadium. No, your rectangular stadium's... It's like you fucking watch yourself, mate. I'm a dedicated employee of that stadium. When I watch on TV, and I will come for you from the pitch. Happy to be proven otherwise. And when you know when it comes to A League, you guys have got Brisbane right at the moment. So, mate, we're getting Ronaldo. Yeah, exactly. Ronaldo's coming home to the Raw. That's that's no, he's coming. He's coming to the Raw. To move on, real quick, uh, Matt. Yes. On the other, on the other side of the coin, there, bud. What was the exact moment where you realised that? Ah, yes, we have lost all hope here. Kick off? No. Um, okay. I actually, I know, because I did, I did agree with it. I was actually probably, I was, I mean, I was optimistic going into the game because you got to carry some optimism as much as I like to downplay things. Once the moment comes, um, I was like Nick though. Once the goal was scored, then if anything, I was stressed because I was like, "Oh, now we're winning. Now it'll be even worse if we do lose." Um, yeah. I would say there was still there was still some hope um, after the first France goal when they equalised. Like that was always possibly going to happen, but you know, there's always a chance you you've just got to sneak another one and then hang on. Once mm. that once that second goal happened and it was another pretty soft goal. That was sort of when I was like, okay, yeah, we're in, we're in trouble. And just watching the way we were well, playing. Well, the second one wasn't a soft goal. The second one was when we just gave them the ball. It was it was softer than soft. Yes. Um, we'll, we'll, soft we'll, get to, we'll get to um, yeah. destroying Nathan Atkinson's entire existence. Nathaniel Atkinson. Nathaniel. I don't give a shit about... I, I'm going to guess Melbourne City players, but I have no idea. He probably plays for Perth or something. Former Melbourne City player. He Former. now plays in the Scottish League, I, I'm fairly certain. Oh, there you Pretty go. Sure By the way, fellas, when, when is Australia and Scotland going to be like become one country and just like join forces? You know what I'm saying? Like It's getting to that point. Can we team up, can we team up with Croatia Scotland? as well? I'd really like Luka Modric in a soccer <laughs> jersey. <laughs> we can't. No, I don't know about that one, mate. <laughs> I don't know about that one. But yeah, look, 4-1 in the end. It was only 2-1 at half time, and I was still kind of like, all right, if we switch things up a little bit here, we can kind of make it happen. Obviously, that didn't that didn't eventuate. Uh, Bozza and Aloisi, obviously two of the foremost named in Australian football, they came out and said that they felt we let France dominate us, and it did feel like that sometimes. Big time. France kind of just playing the way they wanted to, and 
we were kind of not really putting the pressure on. I'll, I'll ask both of you, just whoever wants to jump in can jump in. Where did we kind of come unstuck here? Like, what was the issue? What was the primary Straight issue? off the top of the bat, lack of Trent Sainsbury. Lack of Trent Sainsbury. I know I've sort of made this a little bit of a, obviously, wait for the podcast running joke um, since the World Cup squad announced of thinking Sainsbury should be there. But genuinely, I think our biggest issue here was we, because France, uh, France scored three headed goals. All, mm-hmm. all basically uncontested. They weren't just out jumping our six foot fucking seven centre back and that and our other defender. Yeah. They were most of the time they were they had a half a meter of separation, so it wouldn't have mattered if They're they did that. Yeah. I think you're we've gone with, you know, it's a young defensive lineup, it's an experienced defensive lineup, certainly at this level of competition. I just think that's where you have Sainsbury there. But you you pick if you you pick Suda on the raw talent and size and that, mm-hmm. but you pair him with Sainsbury for his leadership. Is that because mm-hmm. a Sainsbury is going to get himself in the right spot, and b Sainsbury is going to know and be yelling at Suta to make sure Suta's in the right spot, and like I don't think that necessarily changes the result, but I think it helps a lot because like you, you just can't That's be you, you can't be giving one of the best teams in the world and some of the best attacking players in the world un, uncontested headers. What do you think is going to happen? That's a fair shout. There was a, <laughs> it was hard watching them like just dink in a pretty mid-cross and then there's just Olivier Giroud completely unmarked, just there gobbling up free headers. could have easily had seven goals. Yeah. Like, and Mbappe's skied one in this, the first half could have buried the game. Um, yeah. You know, and there's a few... Does... Does that just come down to like a lack of proper leadership in in the back four? Because obviously Graham Arnold coming into the World Cup, his his kind of motto was oh form and fitness, right? Form and fitness. Now Suta, Atkinson, and Kai Rolls, three of the starting back four, came in under an injury cloud, um, which obviously you know doesn't and you know, without having a lot of games under their belts either, which is obviously neither form nor fitness. Yeah. So does Graham Arnold have to be criticised here? Do we need to start criticising Graham Arnold already? I think so. I just it just felt like the wrong. We always criticise Graham Arnold. The wrong approach. I'm, I'm an anti. I am anti Arnold. Like full disclosure, I am anti Arnold. Criticise him. He's he's been under fire from back from his appointment. Like so. I mean yeah. that's you know. Yeah. I just I don't love a defensive lineup where Aziz Bayich is your like, big experienced veteran leader. Not because I don't think of that, but just, like, left back, you're a little bit more isolated from it all to try to be, like, fully marshalling the defensive line. And so, unless you're, you know, like, gener- like Philip Lahm can be your, <laughs> like, defensive centerpiece, your defensive leader from left back, because he's Philip Lahm. He's one of the greatest defenders ever in the history of football. I like Aziz Beige. Aziz Beige is a very good left back for Australian standards. He's not Philip Lahm. You really... Unless they're both, like, just absolute must-pick, no shadow of a doubt, I just... I want that experience at centre-back. And I don't think that Sutar and Rawls, particularly with the inexperience and just coming back from injury, are that you must pick them. There's no way you could put anyone else there. And I just... it's I, think, mm. I just never understood Sainsbury not being in the squad. You want people who have been here before. In, well, you we want them in d- yeah, positions. we don't really have... I mean, Degenet can play there. He is more of a right-back, but he is, I think, our most experienced defender alongside Bayich. Um, and he can technically play in the centre. But the other option, really, is Thomas Dang and Bailey Wright. Bailey Wright's got a bit of experience under his belt, too. 
But, I mean, it'll be interesting to see whether Arnie changes it up for Tunisia. What about for the rest of the, the squad there, Nico? Uh, went with Goodwin and Lecky as the starting wingers. I kind of thought that Mabil would have been a shoe-in to start, just because he almost always does. And obviously, it started off really well, but, you know, they, they, they kind of ran out of legs towards the end, I think. I think Lecky was really good. He can hold his head up high. Uh, very physical, you know, always fought for the ball. Uh, Goodwin, you know, had a good shift too. Probably our biggest challenge in the game was one creativity and just get that getting that ball moving into the final third. Um, it's how we got in front, and it's what we didn't do. As soon as we got in front, we stopped that. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, look, Atkinson, Atkinson struggled with Mbappe. Um, oh, he was he was eating up, mate. Like it, it was feel like every time they attacked, they just had a cross coming in from that side every single time. It was brutal. His day, his day job isn't to stop players like Mbappe. It's to stop players like Martin and Boyle. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I was, oh. I was gonna say, I, I don't want to. I don't, I don't hold getting run around by Mbappe against Atkinson. I hold mm. the second goal against him. To think when Mbappe's on the ball, if he completely outskills Atkinson, Mbappe's a top five, top ten player in the world. Atkinson's an A League slash Scottish Premier League quality right back who plays for Australia. But when you're on the ball, you are a professional footballer. You can't be having that woeful of a first touch to allow that goal. Simple as that. Yeah, oh, that's that inex- was shocking. Inex- inexcusable. That was shocking. It was bad. I, I imagine Degenet gets to start in the next game, um, but we'll see what Arnie does. Karasic is in the squad, mate. He's there. He is? Yeah, no, he's there. Okay, then give it to goddamn Fran. I love Karasic. He's, my, he's probably my cousin. I mean, Lord knows. But well, no, Fran is, isn't Karasic. he? Franich is... No, Franich knows my grandma, or my Barker, but he's not my uh, that's That's basically the same difference, man. And I have met Ivan Franich's, uh, almost his entire uh, close family. Yes, so, I've, you know. I've been have told on many occasions. I, I did not meet uh, Ivan, although I have his signature. So I, I have met Ivan, but not in, 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 a different, in a different circumstance. But fat spreads uh, aside, <laughs> other criticisms that we came under from prominent Australian figures, Zelko Kalats, a man I have not thought about in a long time. I thought about him recently. I was watching the He came out and said, oh, gang, awesome stuff. Love that. Yeah. He came out and just roasted Jason Cummings, like roasted him. He said that essentially we played with 10 men while the cum dingo was on and that he was minging. I don't know what that means. Um, really? And that he was only subbed on instead of J-Mac due to Graham Arnold's Central Coast ties. <laughs> um, is that... A little bit over the top from from Jalco there, boys. It wasn't his best shift, was it? Come dingoes. No, uh, but he barely got a he barely got the ball because at that point our midfield was just completely overrun. Which he's saying that. Go and go and find it. A good player will, you know. Yes, you're off board, but work back and find a way to get yourself the ball. Get the ball for yourself in that case. Duke didn't. I think. Oh, I'm not. I'm not saying Duke had a great game either. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll put openly put my hand up and obviously say like, I'm not a man. I'm the most across the A League I've ever been at the moment because I've listened to every episode of this podcast. I've King. not known a single fucking thing about the A League. For that's viewer retention right there. Yeah. Listen, let this be listened to. You. Or if you listen stuff. to our podcast, one day you can make it, just like Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> you should make. Day you should start a fan. start a competition. Um, to get on the podcast, no, start a pa- start a Patreon, here. mate. If they donate 
50 bucks, they can be on an episode of the show. If someone's paying me fifty, if someone's paying us fifty bucks a month to make a A League podcast, they can, they can be, they can be the executive producer for all I care. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I'm not, I'm not super familiar with Cummings' game at all. He's an A League player, and he's an A League player who's only really risen up to prominence in the last few years. So like, he wasn't a thing in the last sort of big time I was into international football last World Cup, or when I last played FIFA or any of those things. Mm-hmm. Um. The bit I do so I don't I don't know fully across his game. I do think he was a bit absent once he came on, but you know, I agree with Jashan's point. There wasn't a lot of distribution coming his way. The one bit from Calix that I do agree with, and it does a bit head scratcher, I'm just what's the point of having Jamie McLaren on the bench if you don't bring him on in this kind of situation? Jamie mm-hmm. McLaren, I know he's not always necessarily been the best at Socceroos level, but he's in career best form. He is the most noted proven goal scorer we have in the entire squad. He's a po- and that's like players like McLaren find a way to get a goal, even if it's, they just find a way to score goals. That's why he scored eight goals in six games so far this season. Yeah, and that thanks, you thanks know, the penalties, well. <laughs> do, doesn't doesn't yeah, doesn't yeah. matter. But you know, uh, you know, yeah, that, obviously that helps. But he's still he scored goals from they're not they've not been eight penalties. He scored goals from open play. Yeah. And it just feels like, you know, you're already trailing for... I don't know whether we were two... We might have... What, were we 3-1 down by the time Cummings came on? Or were we already 4-1 uh, down? I'm four. not too sure, to be honest. Well, there you four. go. Well, we need we need three. I just... You know, you, we need goals. I mean, and the same. They should have made subs earlier. But that's the thing. Once we were down and trailing, yeah. you need goals. I just think you you bring on McLaren. Um, Agreed. He's your be- I think he's your best bet to find a way to score a goal. So, I also think he should have brought on he should have brought on Mabil and, and even Qual way earlier. Like in that case, yeah. in that well, we're not going to beat France with skill. Beat them with raw pace, which is yeah, what Mabil I mean, and Qual have, have, and which is what um, Goodwin I'm, does not have. I'm, yeah, I'm tempted to leave on Lecky because I think Lecky is probably only shadowed by Moy for our best outfield player mm-hmm. in the whole squad. If I'm um, so it's hard that, to. Sorry? Oh, Irvine, yeah, Irvine, Irvine had a dig. He had a few oh, yeah, Ir- Irvine, challenges. Irvine he... played with a lot of hustle, which was he good. Did. So, like, it's hard it's hard to bring on both the wingers, but I think, yeah, you've got to got to hook Goodwin just because really good goal. He put in a great shift, as Nick said, but you want that X-factor out there, so you take your hook. Yeah, you hook Goodwin for one of Mobile or Cole, and I think you bring on McLaren to be the, you know, the 9, the 10, whatever you want to call it, the, you know, the low man up front. Leave yep. Lecky on there because I I think he's your best attacking player, and I just think that's your best chance that because yeah that pace up front the X yeah, factor sure. of like a Cole or Mobile, and that's the thing because then and then you got McLaren there if those those one of those two X factors their way into a bit of space and that, and just you know, even if it's a messy ball just sort of messily gets the ball into the eighteen yard box, that's where that's the thing you know obviously. Jamie McLaren is, you know, an Australian budgeted version of Miroslav Klose. Like, he'll just find a way to score a goal. <laughs> He doesn't have the body of Klose. He's... I know what you're saying. No, but and like, that does like, bring me, just, does the, bring me there, yeah. to my three burning questions, boys. Three burning questions! Now, I had them the other way around, Oof. but oh. Matt, you've already kind of answered this one anyway. I so what changes, if any, should be made in terms of personnel for the next game? Matt, I'm throwing to you. I'm switching it up here. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought so much about that. All right, personnel... Um, are you starting McLaren in the next game? 
I'm gonna go with no. I no. I don't. I'm alright with McLaren off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm okay with it. But I want if he's on the bench, I want to see him come off the bench. I'm just not okay with him not coming on at all. I'm tempted. I'm. I don't know, I'm tempted to say Cummings. I know Mitch Duke's there to be the target man and that, and you know get crosses in and that. But you you described it to me that you think obviously McLaren's a poacher, Duke's a target yeah. man, Cummings is like a you know complete striker complete kind of forward, thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I reckon roll with that to start with and that because he can probably do a bit more. I'm leaving Lecky on there, and I think. See, I think you start Mobile over Goodwin as good as. Goodwin is because then you can run, you know, tell Mobile to run as hard as he can and that until he can't yeah. run anymore, whether that's half time or 10 minutes into the second half, and then you replace him with Qualt. And maybe what, what, about a, what about a start Matt Leckie as your starting striker? Because he's, he's done that before. He, with, he's capable okay. of it. He can finish. Yep. So Leckie, Leckie have... up front, Mobile and Goodwin. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, Mobile and Goodwin do, probably. Do, do you want to try starting Qualt? No, no. He doesn't no? even start in the A-League. He can't start in the World Cup. Yeah. Yeah, like, no, as, no, yeah, totally Mobile and Maybe Hrustic, if he's, if he's healthy, though, I imagine Hrustic will come in for McGree. Although I did think McGree showed some spark when we were actually attacking. But as soon as Arnie had us kind of sit back and play kind of behind the ball, that instantly nullifies everything McGree's good at, and he was just out yeah. of the game. Yeah. And that brings me to my fair. second burning question. Oh, I was just going to quickly... Oh. Go, I'd, I'd, I'd defensive personnel changes. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm I'm starting Karasic, mm. and uh, would you? I I have to ask you here because I don't I don't know about that game. Would you? I'm I'm benching Rawls simply because neither of them looked particularly brilliant or like they were particularly no, they up to absolute like that. But I don't I I'm, I'm not gonna go oh, so so overacting to um, bench both of them, and I think Sutar's. I'm just call me a little bit of a traditionalist, but I, I still can't help but be enamoured by Sutar's size, and You'd I just start think he's Deng got with Sutar. He's got that. So I was going to say who who you got to bring on Dang. Yeah. So a, Dang and Dang and Sutar, and, Sutar and then Dang and Sutar have played well before, mm-hmm. and Dang has a lot of versatility in that he can go over and cover the right back spot as well as and, yeah. um, you know be that big body in the middle. He's got he's got a bit of pace about him too. What do you reckon there, Nick? Do you reckon Dang is the guy to partner Sutar in the middle, or maybe a Bailey Wright instead? Yeah, I'd, I'd go Dang. Yeah, I'd go Dang. You go Dang. Yeah, he's got he's got leadership experience too as part of the Ollie Roos. So yep, uh, he's, he's, he's performed like oh, maybe not at a senior level, but he's performed at the world stage at the Olympics. You know, he's still against some incredible uh, contemporaries. You know, why not? I'd also just adding on to this question, I would uh, start McLaren, Robin and Mitch Duke. I, I don't. I know I, I feel like I'm missing something and it's all personal criticism of Mitch Duke or maybe I'm not alert enough but when I watch Mitch Duke I don't know what I'm seeing that gets him selected over Jamie McLaren mm-hmm. and I might be biased in the fact that well, Mitch Duke previously of Western Sydney Wanderers um, you know I, I didn't watch much compared to Jamie McLaren um who I'd watch, you know, every week, week in, week out. But from a statistical yeah. perspective and, you know, a, a poetry's perspective. And just from a form standpoint, 
Obviously, yeah. McLaren has eight goals in six games in the A League, whereas Duke has five goals in twenty, I think, in Japan. So. My, yeah, my, <clears throat> my my opinion is, you know, if we're not gonna have, if we don't have a Tim Cahill, or Tim Cahill, or you know, Josh Viduka, Kennedy, Viduka, or Josh Kennedy, <laughs> Talisman, um, I'd sub all of those guys in. Why, like, and we're wing wing it heavy, like with. We're winger heavy when we have, you know, uh, Mobile, Leckie, uh, Goodwin. Quoll, Tilio. Quoll, Tilio, uh, or Quoll off the bench. Yeah. I think we should play a striker that, you know, has a proven goal record. There's just something that Graham Arnold sees that I don't see. And I'm happy to admit I might not fully understand the tactical nuance, but I just don't see it, unfortunately. No, fair shout. And on that tactical nuance, like, for you, Nick, my second burning question, Mm -hmm. what changes would you make to the tactics themselves for the game against Tunisia? In the the way we play, etc. I reckon we should should definitely be more attacking and bring the game towards them. Mm -hmm. But with opponents like Tunisia, I think the game will be more of a a dogfight. Compared to France. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so France, so was sure. always, we were always going to get bathed by France. And it was kind of a fighting fire with fire where we'd be more attacking. Mm-hmm. But with Tunisia, it might just work better for us, you know, not to sit back. I want to see us attack and win the game. I still think we're a chance of qualifying for the knockout stage um, with a bit of luck. You know, France, if France beats Denmark, which is highly possible, we could be... Yeah, could be poised to play, to be at minimum level level on points with Denmark. You know, yeah, for sure. Like you beat and in theory point. we beat Tunisia and we draw with Denmark is is the solution, right? Yeah, and but then goal need, difference comes into it. And yeah, and we just need to hope France win the remainder of their games. Uh, and but we need. I want us to get there on merit. So uh, of course, I want I want to see us beat Tunisia and bring bring the attacking. But also, I want to see us improve on like our defensive st- structure, uh, uh, not our defensive structure, but our defensive eth- ethic. You know, like seeing mm. players like Irvine, um, Irvine, Lecky, you know, chase and intercept was really, you know, one of the positives. And I want to, I'd love to see that effort because you know Tunisia aren't going to be afraid for a dogfight, you know, and we should yeah, we should sure. be ready to scrap with them. Not to not to sound negative, boys, but um, I I already reckon I think our qualification chances are massive here because um, I thought Tunisia looked better than Denmark. Certainly, I think Woo! obviously didn't watch the full game, but Spicy. I I think I think they had they definitely definitely had the better run of the chances. I think they had the lion's share oh. of the actual goal scoring opportunities, which wasn't yeah. necessarily the performance I was better. So I I think we're in real danger. I'm. I still think, yeah, we possibly could beat them, but I'm, I honestly, as things stand right now, I reckon, I think Tunisia is going through. And I think, yeah, and I think it, Tunisia gets the points against us. France wins yeah. both their remaining games, and us and Denmark are well. Denmark, Denmark is playing to beat us by more goal, by enough goals to get through on goal difference over Tunisia, which I reckon we can avoid. So I think we're playing spoiler against Denmark, basically. Fresh out. Which is well, my yeah, last burning question. You guys have kind of already answered. Well, Nick did with his um with his hustle and ethic from Irvine and Lecky. But are there any positives we can take from this match into our next couple of fixtures? We were leading against the world champions for ten minutes. <laughs> for fifteen, they were minutes. they were a good ten. They were look 
up until about the 20th minute mark, glorious game. And Jackson Irvine's our best defender, apparently. Yeah, and that oh that little dinky cross that McGree put in that Irvine I think it was I think it was Irvine nearly scored the header into the post there that was juicy that was a nice little move as well I like I mean, to see that is it a kind of twisted positive that I think we approach this game completely wrong and yet we still had a decent chance into it a fair way into the game and like four one's not a great scoreline. But considering how poorly we approached the game and how much we let them come at us, it could have been a lot worse. So if we can if we can mend the tactics and that. Because just I just to sort of circle into Nick's answer as well. I think the big thing is like we didn't even if we're gonna park the bus against France, I'm okay with that. I don't love parking it eighty minutes out from the end of the game. Like Saudi Arabia parked the bus against Argentina, it felt like. It's hard to judge when you're only watching highlights, but Argentina had a lot of chances after the second Saudi goal. But the second Saudi goal to go in front came with like 35 minutes left. That's an acceptable time to just try and back yourself to absorb pressure. 80 minutes against the reigning world champions is too long. But also, if we're going to do that, play a more negative formation and lineup. Like if we're, if our plan against France is to literally just lay back, let them come at us, counter-attack then play it like Chelsea did in that Champions League final. I want effectively seven at the back. I want three centre-backs, two full-backs, two centre-defensive midfielders, two more midfielders sort of half in front of them, and just a lone striker. And it's odd and because we, I thought we, really came out into, we came into the game with the right mentality, and then, yeah, we scored, and then yeah. from there it was just like, no, nah, we're done. And the that was, the, that was the, the issue. With the personnel we put on the park, because that's the thing, because that was the other thing, watching the highlights of the Saudi-Argentina game, once they were in front, once Argentina was coming at them, there was pretty much always seven to eight Saudi players behind the ball. Yeah, we weren't yeah, putting that many numbers back there. We we seemed to be playing inviting France to come at us, but still just playing a 4-3-3. Yeah, so we only had four, maybe five men behind the ball letting France come at us. If you're going to let them come at you, you need to have stacked the defensive back and have more bo- more bodies back there than they could ever possibly have going forward so that you have the best chance of getting the ball. And if you're not going to do that, then you we, you just got to play our game and hope for the best. No, agreed, agreed, agreed. But we'll see how we respond. Was that some um, wanted a point there, Nico? Graham Arnold had, like, the right mentality going in, you know, like, not trying to overawe our young squad, calling them the blue team or the opponents coming up. And that was great. They were the blue team for the first... Yeah. 10 minutes and then once we went up it's like oh shit fuck we're playing reigning world champions France with their you know star studded lineup and the golden you know <laughs> yeah you, you no, know, it was kind nasty. of like the penny dropped like like the enormity of it all dropped no I tend to but agree there was we... definitely a switch in mentality after that goal they started playing scared and that's just not you're never gonna succeed we, against we deserve... that way yeah, it was kind of like when they, we got that first goal, it was kind of like, it was, I was cheering for joy, don't get me wrong, but it was a bit of a, oh, we're not going to hold on, hold on to this, and you know, we're going to, some, something's going to, France is going to score like more goals, France has got more goals in them, and it's just going to, like the memory of the first goal is going to be so distant that um, it's not going to have the same joy that I first had. Yeah, I tend to agree. All right, I reckon we're going to move it on here, lads, because uh, we are running long, as we always do. It's a tradition here on the four-man wall, but there is the rest of the World Cup to talk about. I'll start with you, Nicholas. We're going serpentine here, fellas. 
A, which has been the best game so far? Best game so far? Yeah. Well, there's the obvious one. Uh, Saudi Arabia, Argentina. Got to pick it, shall, shall I just take the obvious one? Uh, is no, Matt of course. There's nothing wrong with taking... Yes, he is. Everyone's answering his questions, so just okay. be honest. Go with it, go with it. All right. Quick fire. Saudi Arabia, Argentina. Do I need to explain why? If you need more reasoning, go watch the video that's up there. I think it was posted on the SBS of the Arabic commentator calling the two Saudi Arabia goals went off actual limbs in the com box and they were both banging goals too. What a win. Yeah. Fair enough. Oh, Fair dude. Enough. Which one Which one do you reckon was the better goal? Because I think, are we all in agreement that one of these goals has probably been the goal of the tournament thus far? I'm one. taking the second I, one. Yeah. I, 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 I think... I pocket that, like, that angle to work it through. And he beat, he beat a terrible first touch. But he repossessed it ahead before the defenders could get there. An amazing turn. He basically beat three players to get the shot yeah. off and then pinpoint placement. I think the first Saudi goal for me was neck and neck with um, uh, Saka's first goal for England. Ah, uh, yep. Because that Shout was such just a good, um, such a good. The way Saka like steadied him because that was first touch his shot. He had plenty of time to do it, but the way he steadied himself to make sure he had the perfect, per- perfect first touch shot. Was yep. very very clinical. Um, no, do you want my answer for this best game? Yeah, so far? game of the ga- game See, of the tournament me, so far. I actually I don't think great commentary moments make a good football game. They make a great hit, but that's got nothing to do with what the best game of the tournament's been so far. I mean, I attempted just to take England because goal fest, but I think it was Senegal Netherlands. That was that was a really really close game, and the only reason that I the other one I would be considering is um. Which was the first one of the two? Is the one of the two nil? It was whoever had the nil or draw that wasn't Poland Mexico. I forgot what the other <laughs> game. Was. What, Denmark Tunisia. Yes, because there was a lot of back and forth chances in that one, which was the same yeah. as Nether- Netherlands Senegal. I've given Netherlands Senegal the edge because at the end of the day, if you're splitting hairs between a nil or draw and a two nil win, you go to the two nil win because it had goals. Edward Mendy needs to sort his, sort, of, sort his shit out, quite frankly. Yeah, really good, really back and forward. Both teams made a lot of chances. I think if Mane was in this Senegal squad, they would go really... I still think they'd get out of the group, but I think they'd go really deep if Mane was here because they, they took it to the Netherlands, who I had as my sort of dark horse behind Argentina <laughs> yeah. to win this world Cup. But you also picked Argentina to win the competition, mate. So your opinion and prediction... Oh, I still, I still think Argentina... Argent- I was thinking about it. <laughs> Argentina controls their destiny in that group still because oh, obviously yeah. they that but they should we okay I think we all think they should probably still be able to turn out and beat both Poland and Mexico <laughs> which gives them 6 points the fact that Poland and Mexico was a draw means Poland and Mexico if Argentina wins both games cannot score more than 4 points so if Argentina wins both games they're through I'll I'll pick um I'll pick Argentina Saudi Arabia as well I just think the a, the game was great. Lots of chances, lots of drama, great goals, etc. But also, the narratives are fucking awesome as well. You, you oh, boys yeah. saw that uh, the Saudi Arabian... Uh, what is it? It's not a government. It's a kingdom? I think it's a kingdom? Yes, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Yeah, yeah. Have uh, named a public holiday yep. <laughs> in honour yeah, of them yeah, yeah. beating Argentina. Yep. I mean... You know, sit, just quick note, quick note. Saudi Arabia oh. gets sports washing. Qatar doesn't. Fair enough. That's my political scoop for the podcast. Big politics. I mean, look, politics aside, I mean, you know, 
It is a great win for Asian football to put oh, kind of like massive. to put the confederation on the map, especially when all the other teams. Hey, that Gary, Gary Lineker. No, who was it? Yeah, fuck you, Gary Lineker. No, it was a Carragher. <laughs> Jamie Carragher. It was Car. It was. I think it was. All, it was both of them. I wouldn't be surprised. Carragher is the one that Nick went off on a tower on last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Carragher. Having listened also, to the podcast this morning. I don't know if you've seen this, but some Brazilian fans have been redesigning the Argentine flag by replacing the yellow sun in the middle with a crying emoji, which um, is good quality banter, I, I reckon. I cannot wait for Germany to batter Brazil. <laughs> I don't know about that, mate. I don't know about as, that. Brazil as Jashan knows well, talent. if there's one, one thing I love in world football, it's just Brazil doing terrible. I despise the Brazilian team. Indeed. Uh, Nico, who looks the scariest moving forward in the tournament? So basically, like, after these first few games, uh, who do you think is, you know, your new favourite, shall we say? Who do you think has been the most impressive so far? I wouldn't call them my favourite. And as a, we're, talk, we're doing this podcast at the end of group day. We're halfway through the groups in the first round. I'd like to say shout out to Cameroon, even though I haven't played yet, because I've got them in the World Cup sweep, and I wouldn't mind that jackpot, if you know what I mean. Shout out to Cameroon, or like or it, alright. Or, or at least yeah. concede the most goals in, in, in the group stage so I can collect that consolation prize. <laughs> uh, I would say not because they're favourites, England. Yeah, you, you put six goals behind by a team, you're going to look fucking good. Like Yeah, you put, you, you know, they had a arms measure, but England are very prone, the England of old were pr- are prone to like lacklustre results against a bit winnable opposition. And Indeed. they put them to bed. So Or like eking out a disappointing 1-0 victory barely thanks to a yeah. Harry Kane wonder goal. This was a different England. This was actually like, yeah, ooh, it's Gareth Southgate's effort. done something here. This team, is interesting. Team effort. Goals coming from uh, Grealish, yeah. Bellingham, uh, Bakaya Saka, Rashford. Team effort. Yeah. Bellingham's first ever international goal as well. Grealish with one of the sweatiest goals of all time. Beautiful, unselfish football from... Callum Wilson, I think it was. Yeah, yes. Callum Wilson. Yes, 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 yes. He looked fucking good. I'll, man. Good to I'll see lead him. on from Nick. If, yeah, <laughs> England. The, my only hesitancy here is that I reckon they've made their move too early in the tournament. I think a lot of us were riding England off because their they're form in friendlies and international fixtures in the run-up to this World Cup has been absolutely horrific. People have been calling for Southgate's head, even though it's only like weeks and months out from the World Cup. They're in no form at all. And ever, I think we're all sort of saying this is the most wide open group because you're, you're picking, you're picking at straws between the other three teams in the group. And so if England's not in good form, completely wide open group, I reckon, I think maybe they possibly should have tried to save this result for Wales, sneak the first two wins and then blow out Wales and arrive at the knockout stages. Cause they've kind of announced themselves now is all the element of surprise is gone, but clearly England is fine. England is back. Cause I think Iran's a good team. Um, Nick, Nick was talking about them being only capable of getting out of the group. My brother, somewhat as a joke, but so well, somewhat as a joke has them winning the World Cup. Genuinely had them, had them coming, but he that was only because he genuinely had them coming out of the group stage and winning in the round of sixteen, and then was just like, well, if I've got them this far, why not go all the way? England, England's here to play. They're, no one needs to worry about whether or not England is switched on and can play together as a team as anything. And we all know that in terms of depth of talent in the squad and individual capabilities of the players, England has one of the bestest rosters out there, along with the likes of France, Argentina, Germany, Brazil. England, England are here to play. Football has a genuine chance to come home. 
which means the rest of the world <laughs> has England no, no, right no, where we no, want. No, no, that's, that's enough out of you. That's enough out of you. That's enough out of you. That's enough. All right. Uh, fair shout. I think, obviously, England, they're, they're capable of scoring goals, but they also conceded too against Iran. So, you know, the defence is the issue for me. It always was with Harry Maguire there. As long as Maguire's there, I think there's an issue. That's as simple as that in my in my mind. Uh, and Harry Maguire does not play for France, and I think France has got to be the pick for scariest looking team right now. They should have put seven or eight by us. Like they missed so many easy chances, which they won't miss all the time. Mbappe looked insane in great form. Giroud is now equal to Thierry Henry's record for most goals scored for France. He's in scary form. Griezmann looked good. Their defense looked rock solid after we kind of worked them up a little bit. You gotta be, you gotta be scared of France. They're the reigning world champions for a reason. They're they're a young, athletic, skilled team. Rabiot mm. looked right at home in that kind of role. Like instead of Paul Pogba, there he was. He was chilling. He was killing it. I resent yeah, that. Yeah, it's it's France for me. And I, I guess. Oh, does that... What does that do? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, look, my next question was going to be, like, which nation is under the most pressure, but I think we can all agree it's Argentina, right? Like, it has to be. Next question. Yeah. I don't think it's Argentina. I still... I think Argentina's fine. It's a blip, but Argentina's fine. Argentina's still coming out of this group. Maybe they'll have to take a slightly harder path to the final, but they're in no danger of getting knocked out in the group right now, so I don't think they're under crazy pressure. I think it's someone like I think it's someone like us or Iran who felt like they had a genuine chance to get out of the group stage before the first game, and now we're going to be real back to the wall to be out of No, I, I think countries like us and Iran. Let's be honest, we're just happy we made it in the first place. Like, what about Denmark? Yeah, I actually, actually, I yeah, I, I said Denmark's under pressure because I said I think yeah. I think Tunisia beats us. Which means... And both both Mexico and Poland as well. They yeah. both of them wanted to win there. Mexico and Poland, they they you know That's... both still got Argentina fired up Argentina to play and and Saudi Arabia. They're not guaranteed to get the points. That's true. I think that's the good shout. It's the it's the expected sort of qualifiers who had the draws, and now yeah, Destiny's a little bit out of their own hands. Yeah, it's a fair shout. That's, that's like a good that. point. I like, I like that a lot. Shot. Alrighty, uh, we'll we'll wrap things up. In quick fire form, just a little, little, real, little roundup of the news. Obviously, there's been lots of things going on here, boys. Lots and lots and lots of things going on at the World Cup thus far. We've got fans complaining that stadiums are too cold with the AC system. We've got uh, Stephanie Frappard became the first ever woman to officiate a men's World Cup match, which was uh, very nice to see there. We had Belgium's away kit getting rejected by FIFA because the word love is written inside the collar. One love, baby. We've got a record-breaking stoppage time. Is there any kind of story that you boys have kind of seen throughout the World Cup thus far that's really caught your attention? I want one from each of you, then we'll we'll finish up. Yeah, you go, Matthew. The sort of soft tissue, like um, players sort of getting corks, slight slight strain, muscle strains down the stretch Mm -hmm. in matches. So, I've only watched two matches in their entirety. Well, kind of entirety. I, I was on and off being asleep during Wales-USA. So, I've watched Wales-USA and I watched ours. We didn't seem to have too much of it. But Wales-USA, down the stretch, it seemed like every single time someone, you know, proper stuck a leg out for the ball, they'd basically just go down, clutching at a mm-hmm. calf or whatever, because they'd got a bit of a cork and that. A couple of the Wales boys did. 
and it looked like maybe a bit of time wasting at first, and I was like, oh, are they just trying to, you know, eke out this draw now they've got the penalty? But then Pulisic did it, and I was like, yeah, I think it's just, it's just, it's funny that the fans are complaining it's too cold, because it, it feels like, yeah, it's, players are getting really drained. It's difficult because it's such hot and abrasive conditions. Well, the, the, just... the fans are complaining it's too cold because they've implemented these air conditioning systems into the stands that mm. are apparently just way too intense, which is, I think, kind of funny. Clearly doing nothing for the players, though. Exactly, exactly. The players are the ones out there kind of copping the brunt of the heat, especially and the guys playing day games. Not not helped with the uh, stoppage. Well, that was the other thing that concerned me about it happening in Wales v USA, was that was the 5am Australia game, or Brisbane time game. So that was, the la- that was in theory, the coldest game of the day. That's and all these out. players going down with what, to me, seemed like attrition injuries. And what was it, like 15 minutes of stoppage time in, in both halves? Um, that was the England game. The England right. game had 15 minutes and eight, or 14 minutes and 8 seconds and 13 minutes and 8 seconds. 27 minutes of stoppage time. Absurd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for me, the news story was the whole uh, Infantino um, horrible reaction and FIFA's horrible management of... Right, yeah. Of, of managing the expectations of Qatar. Basically, Qatar inviting the world and not being ready for it. Uh, which brings me to my segment I've returned from the dead. We said it wouldn't be here, <laughs> but I'm bringing it back with a twist. Emerges. A peak moment. But it's not a peak moment. It's it's different. We can't do peak A-League moments because the A-Leagues are on. Peak A-League moment of the week is purely for the A-League. We can't go there. Instead, Indeed. I'm doing I'm doing meme of the week. Meme of the week, he reckons. I love this. And, uh, Fantastic. And since we're a podcast, I will read it out. <laughs> so, as we all may be aware... I know aware, what this is going to be. <laughs> I have lost the meme. <gasps> I have lost <laughs> the meme. I reckon I know what it is, though. Or what but it was. Is it Infantini is his name? Is oh, it Gianluca Infantini? I fucking just found it, and then... No, no. Isn't it Infantino? Infantino, yes. Gianni yeah. Infantino, Gianni. just out here trying to compare his, um... His, like, slightly Today, today difficult... I feel Qatari. Today, I feel gay. Today, I feel like a migrant worker. That good old... Good old speech. He's uh, a fucking idiot, is what he is. He is, uh, but that especially with that FIFA documentary coming out recently, and and basically just Seth Blatter just admitting to being immensely corrupt. It's like, dude, we know how much money you make. So at least at least Seth Blatter's a straight shooter. (laughs) Fucking hell, man. So here we go. Here we go. It will be shared onto our socials. The meme of the week. Shout out to the Twitter. It's popping off. Shout out to at Fisted Away, a random person I found on Twitter. And we've got a picture of Infantino here at a press conference, like he was, you know, for his infamous speech. Mm-hmm. And the caption reads, Today, I feel calm. Today, I feel dog. That's the caption. <laughs> you can't. Cap you the can't. Dog. We capped him, everyone. No, I know, but you can't. When you said, today I feel calm, and then you paused in between the second half of the meme, I was completely taken aback. I was like, what direction are you going with here, bro? Well, it's the whole point of a full stop is you, you take a breath, so... I know! 
And since he's incapacitated, we round out the four-man wall podcast, World Cup edition number one. Oh, God. Be kind to your parents. Always, always. Unless they'll to you in your childhood, but come back with some remorse. (laughs) Oh, fuck it all. All right. Well, with that, we'll um, just one last thing. We've got four games on tonight, boys. We've got oh. Croatia, Mokoro, 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 hey, Mokoro, Croatia, Morocco, Germany, Japan, Spain, Costa Rica, and Belgium, Canada. Which game are you boys looking forward to the most? Toss up in two for me. I'm interested. There's two teams. I'm interested to see how they go. I'm interested to see what sort of fight Japan's going to put up in this World Cup. Can uh-huh. they take it to Germany? The one I'm really curious about is. What is what is Canada truly on the international footballing scene? Uh, yeah, fuck you. Let's go and see Jonathan David play. Let's go Belgium, see Alfonso can, Davies banging a few. Fuck yeah. Can can Canada take it to sort of the perennial? Belgium's basically the best non World Cup side in world football. I reckon in between a World Cup, I'd be back in Belgium to win any game. This At a World Cup, of... I'm back in Belgium to go South African cricket team and just choke it. In this is Belgium's last. Race. This is the the last of their golden generation. This is Hazard and KDB's, maybe even Lukaku's fi- final kind of World Cup to really compete. Oh, KD, KDB's got one more. I reckon he's only like KDB's the right? oldest of them all. How old's KDB? Hey, oh, hold on. Kevin De Bruyne. Kevin De Bruyne is 31 years old. Yeah, look, he can oh, He's got another it. two World Cups in him. No, Easy. he does it, mate. Uh, he'll be he'll be here in four years' time. They'll all be Shout there in four years' time. Shout out my boy Axel Witzel. Hazard won't be. Hazard's already admitted that he's past his prime and he's on a downward trend with the Yeah, storm. that's fair, that's fair. Hazard's just not had the longevity, sadly. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that'd be a fun one. I'm always looking forward to Croatia-Morocco, me Thank being um, of Croatian descent. I'm keen to see how we go. Plus, I think Morocco have got a few... Talented players, and that should be a banger of a game. What about yourself there, Nico? Uh, look, I think I might give tonight a miss. Um, <laughs> since, 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 you know, since, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a few days into the next World Cup matches, I might as well, you know, go a bit ahead. I'm personally looking yep. forward to Switzerland and Cameroon, mainly because we've got Cameroon in the sweep, and it's going to be the start of their glorious... Um, road to glory in accordance with Samuel Eto'o's predictions, having about four or five African teams in the round of 16, Cameroon being the mighty victors. So, no, I, I, I'm looking forward to uh, a fair shout to Germany and Japan. Uh, oh, fuck yeah. But also, I, I'm going to be looking forward to a bit of round two action, England, USA. You beauty. Oh, that's, um, that Cameroon squad, don't don't sleep on it. You got you got some Brian and Waymo action, some Georges, Kevin and Kudu action. They got some good they got some good players. Uh, Frank Zambo. Great players. I checked a fiver on him just so you know, all, all in or I also checked the fiver on Australia to win the World Cup, but uh, <laughs> gamble responsibly. <laughs> and with that pleasant <laughs> message, yes, gamble responsibly, kids. This has been the four-man wall. I've been joined by Nick. I can cash out 15 cents for Australia. <laughs> Correction, I put $2 on them. Not that much. Wow, you are a higher roller, sir. God damn it. <laughs> and I've also been joined by Matthew. Thank you for stepping in today. Did a great job. Been an absolute honour. And remember, kids, you got to spend money to make money. Oh, amen to that, brother. Gamble responsibly. Gamble responsibly. <laughs> We have been the four man wolf, thank you all.
and he's only a size eight. I've seen his feet. <laughs> I didn't like that he charged me for them, but I've seen them. <laughs> Fun facts, that's what Andy's doing tonight. He's taking foot photos to sell for his side hustle.